so bad. Welcome everyone to From the Tips with me and my esteemed co-host Rick Landis. It's Brian and Rick here. Rick, introduce yourself to the people. How's it going, everybody? Welcome back for episode two. I'm I'm really appreciative for everybody that came back, and for all the new listeners, welcome to the podcast. We're pretty much just two dudes having fun talking about golf. And before we get started, I did want to say a happy National Popcorn Day to everybody listening right now. Because Heck yeah, January nineteenth is National Popcorn Day. So before we get started, go grab yourself some popcorn and get ready for a great show. I already ate popcorn today, so that's great. That's great news. That's perfect. For me. You're ahead of the game. I mean, you I am ahead tomorrow, of the game. But... I didn't even. You, you could just tell me every day is National Popcorn Day, and I, <laughs> uh, I have, I have, I have no problems eating popcorn. Um, um, and a special shout out to the next day. I'm just saying, January. Keep 20th, going. Yeah. National Cheese Lovers Day. I mean, we're not going to be recording. That's tomorrow. Dropping anything on that day? No, that's on the 20th. Tomorrow. Well, so we record on Monday. Right. It drops on Tuesday. So right. Tuesday is National Popcorn Day. Wednesday is National Cheese Lovers Day beautiful get out there and eat some cheese on wednesday that's also not a problem for me i'm fine with that as well (laughs) i have no issues eating cheese cheese or popcorn or both at the same time i'm not gonna discriminate against that cheese on cheese underrated snack (laughs) cheese on like a different type of cheese are you stacking same cheese on top or like block cheese in liquid cheese right yes that that is a video for has been done before it has been done before (laughs) rick landis the man that he is has dipped a block of cheese (laughs) in some queso it wasn't even like the spicy queso either it wasn't even like queso with chunks of tomato and onion no it was just your basic um tostitos queso Block of cheddar, just having at it. That was delicious. That was a great <laughs> choice. I have, no, I have no regrets from that. <laughs> absolutely no regrets. Uh, yes, thank you for everybody listening to From the Tips. We appreciate everybody listening to episode one. We're really happy with the returns and the people that listen to it. Thank you so much. Uh, and also thank you to Southside Productions, obviously, our uh, sponsor, our support. Love those guys. And also what Southside Productions is doing is they have free sponsorships for any and all podcasts uh if you know a struggling business know a friend that's got a business they tried to get off the ground didn't work because of covid you're in luck we have free ad space for anyone that wants it you can dm tweet at or comment at our page at any of the podcast page or the Southside productions podcast page but it would be better if you emailed them at pandemic sponsor at southsideprod.com again that's pandemic sponsor at southsideprod.com Thank you, everybody. Moving on to golf-related items. What we're here for. What we're here for, obviously. Um, golf podcast. What it, it is. Uh, as much as you think it might be a cheese podcast. <laughs> it is not. It is not. Although we should we should throw that idea around. We should. If anyone has a, a favorite cheese that they think <laughs> I might not know about, let me know, because I will try it. <laughs> Speaking of cheese, grilled cheese at the Masters how much money would you be willing to spend on that coveted grilled cheese sandwich? I'm having at least three while I'm there. I don't even care what the price is. You could tell me $25 for, for, I believe it's a palmetto, something like that. Pimento, pimento, pimento cheese, cheese, cheese sandwich, grilled cheese sandwich. You, you could tell me it was $25. I'd spend it. 
four sandwiches, a hundred bucks. Easy. Yeah. I'm not even, I'm not even questioning it. I'm not even questioning it. But speaking of the PGA and the masters, of course, even though we're not talking about the masters PGA, the Sony open was this past weekend winner was the walk-in putter himself. The speed stepper, if you will, hustling to the pole, chasing his ball. Kevin, nah, quick step, little quick step. Kevin, not now earlier, (laughs) early, earlier in the week, uh, in the weekend, I'd say when Kevin Na was kind of making that push, especially after round three, Rick was Rick was saying that he's not he wasn't a huge Kevin Na fan. Now I okay. don't know specifically why. I, explain yourself. I'm gonna <laughs> get out, <laughs> I'm gonna get out ahead of this because I know there's other people listening that know this. This morning to this afternoon, like three hours ago, I was still on the on the non Kevin Na train. Okay. The non train. The non train. Yeah. There it is. <laughs> uh, I rewatched the final round and I rewatched the interview. Well, I, I watched the interview for the first time because I don't usually watch that stuff. Brian told me to told me to watch it. Big and game. it was like a flip switch. I mean, I'm gonna like I'll put it out there now. I misjudged. It was a misjudge of character. Open. <laughs> uh, what was it? What's the saying? Uh, don't judge a book by its cover. That's what it Yes, is. exactly. I, I did that exact same thing with Kevin Na, and then I watched that interview, and I just felt like a horrible human being. Because he was he was just so happy. If you haven't watched it, he watch just looked it. so happy and excited to have gotten his fifth PGA Tour win. And I just couldn't help but feel bad about the fact that I said I wasn't a fan of him earlier this weekend and today. You're you're allowed to backtrack on these things, especially when it, it goes in the better direction. You're absolutely allowed to backtrack on that. Okay, I am not I judging you that. for that whatsoever. I appreciate it. Yeah, okay. I mean, Kevin Na wins the Sony Open in Hawaii. Uh, beautiful golf course, obviously. We'll talk a, a bit about that later when we get into our um, – we're just going to call that the random stuff segment at the end. Uh, but let's go with the – I was going through his bag because I like to do that because I'm a nerd. I was going through what he had in his bag – and Rick and I recently, uh, actually on last Thursday, we were at a, uh, a golf simulator. What we do on Thursdays, we, we, we train, we, we hustle. As you saw yes. on the Instagram story gains, uh, we hustle yes. the golf. We hustle the golf game. Uh, he was hitting this, um, this uh, Callaway Epic Flash five wood. And are you ta- wait, are you telling me Kevin Nod has one of them in his bag? I'm telling you Kevin Nod's got the Callaway Epic Flash Sub-Zero Three wood, three wood. But still, okay. not a huge same, fan of the three wood, but it's fine. Same type of club. Yeah. Uh, so there's that. But okay, so also, we're basically the same person then. Exactly. So I mean, you're Kevin Nas, so I'm gonna need yeah. you to start chasing after your putts. Okay, I'll do I, my, just, I don't know if I'm gonna sink them this. like he does, but like I'll no. try my best. <laughs> it's like if it's like six inches away, I'll chase it in because then I'm pretty sure. Yeah, right. Because <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's gonna go in, but still there's about there's I about ten percent chance it doesn't, which is sad. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. But I want to talk about that specific five wood because cause Rick had a moment at the uh at the golf simulator. I'm the greatest golfer ever. That's he is. Um he's he's basically Hercules. Um who he, he doesn't know his own strength. So the at the golf simulator, he lines up this five wood, he hits it. It, it hits the screen and we're watching this ball flight and we're like, that is going so far. He hits his five wood 385. It says on the simulator. Now I'm not going to say that 
Rick is the strongest golfer of all time. However, I'm definitely not going to say that the simulator had an issue because that's just not true. It's it, it it's not broken, not at all. <laughs> you can you can make your own judgment whether you think it's a glitch or not. Okay, I'm gonna take that to my grave because I don't even hit my driver 385. That's that's gonna be on Rick's gravestone. Hits five wood 385. It's not even gonna. It's not even his name won't even be on there because we paid too much for the amount of words. So it's just gonna be hits five wood 385. That's it. And everyone's just gonna know it's me. Everyone's gonna know. Uh, we're gonna have a five a five wood shrine on his on his gravestone but yeah going through his golf bag uh kevin not obviously being a callaway guy um i i guess he's got also the titleist uh sponsorship because it's a uh epic driver epic uh fairway wood um he also has a he also got a pxg hybrid which threw me for a loop just one random pxg club thrown in there um i'm not quite sure how that works he couldn't uh, but, afford all of them. But his irons fascinated me because usually a lot of the guys will switch out their clubs to whatever the newest club that year is. Um, Kevin Kisner being a good example, usually when Callaway drops a line of clubs, he will just go to those clubs. Uh, but he still has the Callaway Rogues and Apexes from 2016 and 2017, respectively, in, in Kevin Na's golf bag. Um, so I'm wondering if that's just a comfort thing. Uh, I like it personally because I feel like if you like clubs, even though you have the sponsorship, like don't just keep cycling through new clubs because it might totally change your swing depending on the type of club you you have there. Uh, so I thought that was cool because I'm a little bit of a club nerd. So I think I think it's a little bit of a comfort thing, and I also think it's, it's a little bit be. of a superstition thing because when I was listening to the interview at the end of the tournament this week, um, he mentioned that for the past four years now he's won a tournament on tour we're in 2021 now meaning that his first one that he would have won would have been in 2017 i believe if i'm getting my math correctly with the apex so if he is using the 2016s then maybe it's a hey i've won a tournament with these why would i switch exactly you know what i mean i mean that's how i would look at it if if it's getting you at least one win a year i mean with how many golfers there are you can't be can't be like super upset about one win I mean, obviously you want more, but if you get a win a year, that's still good. You're still, you're keeping your card. You're still doing what you got to do. Well, especially a guy like Kevin Na that isn't really known for being like the greatest golfer of all time. It seems like he's always in the golf world rankings, top 50. He's 23 right Mm -hmm. now. And right now, because of the win, he's uh, 10th in FedEx points. Uh, So Mm -hmm. he's, he's always been a good golfer, but at the beginning of his career in that interview, actually, that Rick was referencing earlier in that interview, he says that he got off to a pretty slow start in his career. So if he found that right club to get him to where he wanted to be, which is like at least a win a year. Perfect. Keep the clubs. I like, I like it. Um, Just because I know that with sponsorships and things, the things just get weird. It's like, give me all the new clubs you got or, or the, the company is like, use our new clubs. We're trying to sell these and so on and so forth. But he had the uh, Callaway Mac Daddy wedges with Titleist Vokies in there and then had an Odyssey putter, was using the Pro V1X for his ball. Uh, it also even goes as far as to tell me what grips he was using, which I find fascinating. Um, golf Pride grips. I feel I like those are golf pride. I feel like those are always <laughs> the grips that people are going to use. What I find fascinating, backtracking to the irons, uh, I find fascinating is that the the Apex Pros are known 
mostly for being a mid handicappers dream because they're they're almost um, game improvement irons because uh, they are cavity backs. They're not. Um, what I mean, some tour guys use cavity backs. Some guys use blades. It's not a blade. So Kevin Na is obviously not too proud of himself to be like, no, I'm a professional. I use blades. He's like, hey, I know how to make shots with these. I know how to shape my shots with these i'm gonna use cavity backs i'm not too proud to to be like no i don't use blades uh because if you put a blade in rick and i's hands it would go so poorly balls will be flying left right and probably never center because you have to perfectly hit the center of the club face every time unless you're using a cavity back iron so i find i like a lot of what's in his golf bag and also the guy himself rick finally admits it He's a good dude. He seemed really happy. He he seemed really like happy about winning. He was just seemed, yeah, he like, seemed so like, comfortable. Really excited about it, and it's hard it's hard not to be happy for a guy when they're that excited about winning. I mean, you see these guys, DJ, JT, you see like John Rob, you see them winning all the time, and like yeah, they're they're happy about it. Like obviously, you're gonna be happy about winning one point whatever million dollars, depending on what the purse is that week. Oh, for sure. But you see a guy like Kevin Na who wins once a year, maybe win, and he's the happiest person in the world has no one to thank but his family like barely takes any of the credit like yeah and it's, it's hard not to be happy for a guy like that and yeah yeah what i really liked and you said it he was talking about his family and how happy he was at home kind of ended the interview with a little uh because he he's of korean descent he's a united states citizen was born here but he's of korean descent he had a little message for his korean followers who are watching at home uh in korean so that was kind of cool uh, what else I find cool is he turned pro in 2001 and really hasn't started winning a lot until recently, I guess once a year. You can't even consider that a lot, but at least regularly winning and then being in the top rankings. Those stories always fascinate me because could you imagine being pro for 15 years and like barely winning and still getting up every day and going to these tournaments and just grinding it out for that many years. I mean, that's got to be frustrating. I mean, it depends on how much money you're making. That's a good point. <laughs> second, I mean, oh, not yeah. that he had a lot of – I don't know his statistics on how many second places he got, but, I mean, second place gets a pretty chunk of change. That and is true. Even last place, last place that makes the cut makes it make it, makes a good chunk of change. 20, yeah, but they still make five figures for coming in last. Like, yeah, yes, please. So, <laughs> I mean – it's hard because you're not winning. You don't have any. You don't have any hardware for your set, but at the same time, you're still making money. And obviously, some of that goes to caddies, coaches, all that stuff. So you're not getting all of the money. But I mean, you play one weekend of golf and you make more than the average American does. So for Kevin Na, what a lot of people know him for, and it kind of began in 2017 at the at the players in 2017. He. Uh, he was paired with Tiger in the same group, and uh, he kind of did his classic, what wasn't really known then, but is well-known now, did the classic downhill six-footer, was a slow putt, but he knew it was going in. But because it was a slow putt and he tapped it, his foot and hand almost got to the hole before the ball went in. And everyone was like kind of chuckling. and was like, all right, stepping it in. That's, that's kind of funny. What was great for, I guess, this persona of his now is Tiger put in his three-footer and then did the same thing, mocking him, and everybody was laughing. Tiger and Kevin now were having a great time, and that's kind of what he's known for now. I was watching this uh, thing earlier this uh, this evening about how he actually uses that in order to keep himself aggressive when putting. He likes to be an aggressive putter, and he kind of uses that as a tactic for that. But also, 
He said specifically in this interview for match play, but you could probably use it for any competition he's in. He also uses it as a, a bit of an intimidation factor. Uh, he's like, I know this putt's going in. And every time you see me do this, you now know this putt's going in. I mean, I'd be, I'd be shaken. I'd be, I mean, incredibly- you, get, you get, you get shaken by a light gust of wind, but yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> I would, I would be, a, I would be a little shook up by that. <laughs> I'd be a little shook up by that too. Like, I mean, this guy's doing like a quick two step into, into the hole when he knows the ball's going in. I mean, I'd be a little, I'd be a little shaken up on that. Was it, was it mini golf when I was lining up a putt? And oh, you, yes. And One of my decided. favorite golf moments of all time. <laughs> so so we're playing mini golf with some friends. And my man Rick decides, because he knows I'm an absolute head case. I mean, that's a well-documented fact. Um, I'm lining up my putt. I think it's I think it's for a two. I mean, obviously, it doesn't really matter. It's it's mini golf. Um, it's like three feet. And I'm, I did my practice swings. I just lined up the putt. I'm ready to go. And he decides to start taking practice swings right next to me. <laughs> and I, I shank it. And I think I speed it by the hole too. Bounces off move. two walls. Power move. It was such a know power move. I do. Know your opponent. That's the moral of the story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. Moral of the story is know who you're dealing with. Uh, but Kevin Nod does not have that, that problem. Strokes gain putting, he led in this tournament with a .818. Um, and he's not really well documented as being really good with the strokes gain putting stat. He's not in the top 25 for it, uh, for, for the season so far and neither in his career, but he was on it. I mean, he was saving himself from so many different angles. I mean, for example, the fairway wood off the cart path, he brought back into play and ended up, I believe birdieing that hole, if I'm not mistaken. So he was, he had bad shots. Don't get me wrong. Like he, he wasn't like a bad shot free kind of guy, but that round three, when he went four birdies in a row on the back and got the last, the final score of 61 that day shot him to the leaderboard. Cause at that point he was kind of teetering in the T10 T15 range and then shot himself aggressively up to where Brandon Steele was, who ended up coming in second. Um, so that really goes to show Bad shots happen, even to pros, but the guys that win are the ones that take those bad shots and still make pars or birdies out of them. They don't even take bogey into the equation. And Kevin Na embodied that at the Sony, which was kind of cool to watch if you watch some of the the highlights from from the uh, the tournament, uh, just Kevin Na's highlights. Uh, he's saving himself from all places, from the trees, from the sand. He overshoots the green, but chips it to like three centimeters uh it really shows how different pros are to us we hit a bad shot and we're like well this isn't gonna go well uh, so, so it really shows the the comparison to to what why pros are pros and why we are not yeah. uh, because you take those bad shots and you're still able to make something good out of those bad shots so as we said kevin Na wins the sony open shoots himself to 10th in the fedex which is kind of cool. Um, but then obviously we have next weekend for the American Express Desert Classic. Rick, I believe you said you had Love some it. things on that. Yeah, I mean, I don't have too much. Uh, just a few notables uh, regarding the American Express. We have a few top 50 players playing in the event. Uh, so top 50-wise, we have Patrick Cantlay, Patrick Reed, Kepka, Matt Wolf, Sonjay M, Tony Finau, 
Abraham Answer, Paul Casey, Scotty Scheffler, Kevin Na, Gary Woodland, and Brendan Todd. So we have a pretty decent amount of top 50 players playing this week. Um, some other notables that aren't in the top 50, uh, Ricky Fowler is playing this week. Uh, Brendan right. Steele is playing again this week, uh, maybe trying to finally get a win. Got, um, catch some not, momentum from not from come past Not week. come in second. Um, John Rum was supposed to play, but then withdrawn from the event. With Withdrawn with withdrew withdrew that's the word withdrew Um, so he withdrew from the event not sure what the reasoning behind that is maybe he's just a little frustrated uh your man phil mickelson is in the line lefty um and then chris kirk who was in the top five this week is also playing again next week maybe trying to take a little momentum from this weekend to into next week and maybe catch another top five even a win maybe I like the guys that do that, try to catch momentum from last tournament and go right into an event. Cause sometimes guys plan to not do that next event. Yeah. Then come top five from in the event they planned on playing. They're like, look, we got to catch this momentum. We got to catch these streaks. Yeah. Um, I, I love that lefty's playing going to love to watch him. I mean, is, is he going to win on the PGA tour? Probably not. Um, but you can always feel good that maybe he will. Uh, and then also, I'm excited to see Brooks Kepka play again. I'm, I, there's no Bryson um, yeah. in the uh, American Express. So maybe we will see Brooks. I mean, I don't think he has a problem performing when Bryson's there, but usually when Bryson's there, Brooks is not much conversation because it's yeah. Bryson, Bryson, Bryson all the time when it used to be all Brooks. Uh, so I think he's probably going to come into this thing looking to dominate. Cause I think he does that anyways. He's that kind of character where he just looks to dominate every time he hits the links. So, yeah. I mean, um, people say that he's only there for the majors and I, I, obviously a part of every golfer is there cause they want to win some majors. Well, but yeah. at the same time you win some of these events where uh, I think that amount, I don't, I didn't count, but I think there was maybe 10 or 15 top 50 players playing this week. I mean, that gives you a pretty solid chance. And the purse for this week probably isn't isn't too shabby either. I don't know. I think uh, it's 1.6 mil, if I'm not mistaken. 1.6. Let me check here real quick. Um, yeah. But either way, if you have that little amount of top 50 players playing in one week, you got a pretty solid chance. Uh, the purse is 6.7. 6.7. Okay, um, so I got my numbers so, mixed up. <laughs> I don't know what I don't know what winner is going to get, but 6.7 is uh not too shabby this weekend the purse was 6.6 so it should be somewhere around 1.2 million right not a bad chunk of change and yeah and then he can um, go back on his yacht and enjoy those grapes yeah exactly (laughs) 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 i i mean when it when it comes to brooks a lot of people have kind of been on about like the whole majors thing but you're right like guys want to win majors that's just a fact of golf that i mean you're, it's not like you're there to specifically win majors, but majors are cool to win. You get a nice trophy. You get that's that. how you get your name out there. Exactly, you get that status. And he went back to back U.S. Open champion. So like, obviously, he doesn't have a problem winning majors. Uh, I would like to see him just on regular tour events more, kind of like a mm-hmm. Dustin Johnson. And the thing about playing more events is that gives you more FedEx points. The better in those events you do. And then you could win yourself a FedEx Cup, which is just as cool as winning a major, if not somewhat cooler, depending on what major you're talking about. Well, I think it's a little bit cooler in some cases because you get a little bit, a little bit extra money. You get a little extra chunk of change. Just that a, is just a little bit. Just the, a the, tad. 15, the 15 just, mil is just slightly higher than the one mil. <laughs> just a tad. Because, you know, if Pauline Gretzky's family 
oh, right, Wayne Gretzky didn't have enough money. Her husband now has a, a plenty good chunk of change because, you know, he's Dustin Johnson. I'm still baffled by that. If I, if, if I had, like, a top five people I'd want to switch bodies with and become that person, she might person be is one. one. She might be one of them, right? Bryson's one just to figure out what's going on in that brain, and then we just can do to a know, back. just to know how hard you have to swing to black out. Exactly. In order I feel to like I swing out, pretty hard, but like I just, I, I've never blacked out from it, so I just don't know. <laughs> time, time to swing to black out. Here we go. I don't know if I'm going to be able to be a, be able to pull that off. I don't even swing hard as it is. I'm pretty much a bitch, but it, it does it doesn't matter. I hit the ball straight, so it's fine. Um, moving on into some other PGA news. So, Justin Thomas, we all know what happened specifically. If you don't know, you can look it up. He did end up using a homophobic slur on the course. Um, besides that, he has lost his long, long deal with La- uh, Ralph Lauren um, for his uh, for his clothes on the course. And there are a couple of other things that he's losing sponsorship-wise. So, cancel culture is getting a little bit to Justin Thomas right now. Uh, if you're Justin Thomas, how do you, cause he's apologized up and down the wall for it. Obviously what he did was inexcusable. He said that um, if you're Justin Thomas right now, how do you move forward from this? Do you take some time off? Do you get right back out there and hopefully have people focus on the golf or how do you, how do you go about this? It's tough. Cause you don't want to put yourself out there again, right away as kind of a scapegoat for, for cancel culture, like you said, but at the same time, you're one of the best golfers in the world. Top like three. you have to get, you have to get back out there. You have to show people that you're not a bad person. You just made a mistake. And I think a majority of people understand that he just made a mistake and not that I'm condoning it in any way because I'm not, but everybody says things on the course that they don't necessarily mean you miss a putt, you get mad, you say a bad word, like even if it's just a normal bad word and he just made a mistake. He said the wrong bad word at the wrong time when there's no fans and you can hear everything that's going on. But I do, I think the best thing for him is to get back out there, win a few tournaments, keep making it publicly known that he is sorry for what he did. Maybe in other ways besides just using your words. I mean, everyone always says actions speak louder than words. Maybe find some organizations to donate to some, some ways to, to get your voice out there and be like, Hey, I support this. Just something. I mean, you can't, you can't just hide away. You can't let the people get to you because then, then they win. And he's too good of of a guy and too good of a golfer to not be out there. Right. I mean, this is, this is kind of a first slip up in JT's long and borderline historic career. Uh, It's, it's one of those things that you hate to see happen to someone like JT um, but he, he did it. He messed up uh, like aggressively and what he did was inexcusable. And I think you're right. I think your actions obviously do speak louder than your words. He can find, he can maybe donate to the allies or something like that. Maybe, maybe, uh, partner with them for a couple of things. And I think getting back out there and letting the, letting your golfing take over and maybe do less interviews or anything like that, maybe do less uh, stuff with the press. Uh, just let your golfing do the talking and, um, try to try to always be apologetic and uh, go against it is what you said. Um, but we'll move on from the topic. Just want to touch base. Cause that that's a hot, a hot button issue in the golf world right now. And we obviously talk about the golf world. 
Now, moving into what I'm just going to call the random stuff portion of the show. We got random lots stuff. of golf. We got lots of golf topics. This is the fun part of the show for us. This is where we really enjoy doing what we do. So we're going to Not that we don't like talking about what's in Kevin Na's golf bag cuz that's just <laughs> Excuse me. I, I love Kevin Nod's golf bag. Okay. We I'm I'm a golf club nerd, so I'm just gonna make everybody else listen to it. Um, so we got some got some talking points here. We actually got a bunch of talking points. Um so Rick, you have you have three off the bat that let's let's touch base on these. I don't know if you have them handy. I do if you want me to go. I don't know. I don't even remember. That was like right. two days ago. I said I got that that was like an hour ago. I got nothing. I was like I got I was I had to write I had to write a check to my dad earlier and I had the piece of paper in front of me with the amount that I needed to write to him and I walked out to the kitchen and I forgot what the number was. So that's just that's where we're at. This is lots of drain bramage out here, I'll tell you what. Anyway. So the the first thing you had here was ten tries on a five hundred yard par five. How many pars are better? So for those that don't know, I am referring to the Ninth hole from this weekend. It's a 501 yard par five. Um, that and the 18th were Eagle and Birdie Central for golfers this weekend. And I just wanted to know what Brian's thoughts were on this. Uh, so for me specifically, I am not a long hitter. Um, so pars are better. I don't think I'm going to birdie a par five unless I get really lucky and it's all downhill or something like that. Uh, if it's a 500 yard par five, think I drive the ball anywhere from 200 to 230. So hopefully I just really get into one, really not one hit it 235. Uh, so we're about half halfway there. If I don't chunk my fairway wood, which is like a 10% chance of happening. And I actually stripe it. That goes about 200 hopefully get a nice rollout, say 205. So now do the math. You got about 80, 75 in. I've been, I've been hitting the ball really well with my wedge lately, which I'm super excited about. So I, I have full faith. I'm going to be able to get it on the green. So now I'm on in three, which will be nice. Um, hopefully two putt yeah, for the par. So how many times am I going to be able to successfully do that? Out of 10 tries, I'm going to say max two. Okay. If I'm lucky three. Uh, and that's and that's if I somehow put like a 20-foot putt down that has no reason to go in the hole. You're going to uh, walk it in? Uh, yeah, I'm going to walk it in. <laughs> hey, you know, if it's on the right line, because I know how to do that. If it's on the right line, I'm going to just, just stutter step my way in there, jazzing it up. Uh, yeah, so I'm going to say two max three times I can I can pull that off. Okay, I mean that's not too bad. No, but for you, like you're you're a long hitter off the tee, so you have that advantage. That yeah, that that was my thing. Was I think with a five hundred one, I get a drive out there depending on how good it is two fifty, two sixty, maybe a little bit farther if it's a really good one. Uh, Leave me with like two thirty, two twenty in. Um, I got I got my six iron that goes any which distance I really want it to. I can have it go 150 or I can have it go 250, really. <laughs> the, six, on the, the six iron is a mystery. We don't know what's happening. <laughs> um, I mean, I mean then it just goes down to my chipping, um, which we're going to get to with another question um, that we had from one of our listeners. 
All right. Uh, but my putting has has been good, at least the last few times I've been out. I haven't been out in a while. So I say with a 501-yard par five, maybe I'll give myself three or four times I yeah. get far better. I think most of them are bogeys, maybe a double in there. There's definitely going to be a triple somewhere in that that mayhem <laughs> for me. I mean, there's there's got to be. That just it also depends it. on what hazards are around it. True. If there's but a lot of in sand. General, in general, I'll give myself three or four, three or four parts and better. Okay. Yeah. No, I can see that. Um, yeah. No, just not being a long hitter that kind of puts me at a disadvantage immediately. Um, I don't mind not being a long hitter though. Like it doesn't, doesn't affect me too much. Um, a lot of people are like, Hey, thanks for laying up for us. If I'm in a scramble and by the way, you're welcome. Um, <laughs> so, the fairway, so. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I don't know what to tell you. Um, my game is basically, I drive the ball straight about 80% of the time, uh, but it doesn't go far. So especially if I'm in a scramble group and I got one like big hitter, like Rick, um, if and I go, if game, I, my game is I hit bombs and I hit bombs. I straight like 20% of the time <laughs> bombs and hellacious seeds as Phil Mickelson would say, um, hit the ball out into the fairway. And then the, the big hitter behind me can go right ahead and just grip it and rip it. And it, and if that bad boy goes straight, I mean, just pick my ball up immediately. Cause we don't even need it. Um, <laughs> so that that's the, that's the beauty of my game. Great scramble partner. Uh, until I start losing my mind. Uh, until you get towards nine. the putting green <laughs> until i start getting closer to the green and start having mini panic attacks just don't even worry about any you might as well just not even bother <laughs> hey i was two putt chuck today i was feeling good today uh i actually did get out today so that was nice um shot an 88 on a par 70 so really it was a 90 uh, but they don't they don't ask what they ask what score so eh, you know i'm gonna say it was an 88 um <laughs> I, I, shot, first, I shot a 36. Was it on a nine hole course? We don't need to. <laughs> we don't, we don't, they don't ask what they ask what score. I'm just saying. <laughs> Moving on to some more questions and thank you guys so much for, for bringing in ideas and questions for us. It's awesome. We very yeah, much appreciate them. it. Uh, send we'll them send away. Them. DM us if you want. I mean, that's, it's fine. Uh, DMs are dry. Make DMs so dry. <laughs> Make the, from the tips DMs just sopping wet. Thank you very much. <laughs> them up a little bit. <laughs> um, so we got another one. A player outside the top 10 who will win a major this year. I actually, if you have an idea, go for it. Because I got to pull up the, are we talking top 10 in FedEx or top 10 in world golf ranking? In the world. In the world golf In the world? Rankings. Okay. Yeah. Uh, golf world. Yeah, G. Okay. Uh, if you got one in mind, feel free to go. Uh, I want to. I want to hear yours first. Okay. Well, I got. I got to look at the top ten first. Okay. You, top uh, ten. Um, I haven't well, even taken a gander. JT is up there. Outside is of up the there. top ten, who will win a major? You said. Yes. Matthew Wolf. Easy. That was. Yeah. That's easy. Yeah. That's your, I'm going. I'm going. He's he's fifteenth in the world right now, um, and I just really like his game. Uh, his swing might just be so jacked up, but I love it. Uh, and I, I love his personality. He's just a lot of fun on the course and looks like he has a good time playing golf. And he's so young and so talented. I can absolutely see him no problem winning a major. Now, what major, I do not know, but I could see him just winning one in general. Yeah, no, I see that. Um, for me, I got to go with I got to go with the guy who's high right now. I got to go with uh, with Neiman. Joaquin? 
he's had two really good finishes this past week. Uh, you think he wins a major, though? Didn't translate to a win. I think he does. I think he does. I don't think it's the U.S. Open. Um, no. I don't see him winning that. I don't think it's the Masters. Um, right. So that obviously leaves us with two. But I think I think he has a chance. He's been playing pretty well. He's he's one of the young, young upcoming stars of the game. He had that incredible birdie chip on what was it seventeen this weekend? Yeah, yeah. Fifteen, seven. One of that those holes incredible. where yeah, I I wouldn't be able to do that with a hundred tries. Um, so yeah, I do. I think he wins. I think he wins a major this year. Yeah, I mean, I like Joaquin Neiman's game. Uh, last year finishes um, the year at 45th in the world golf, golf rankings, and we're only two weeks into January, and he jumped up 20 spots. Uh, yeah. So I like his game a lot as well. And it's cool to see a non-American win on the PGA Tour because it's a heavily American tour. Uh, yeah. So to, to, see, to see Joaquin do that is, is, is pretty cool. Uh, I would like that. I would really like to see that. But uh, my, my vote's on Matthew Wolf. I just like it. I, I like him too much to believe that he's not going to win a major. I could, I could really see him winning a major. Now, what that major may be, I do not know. I don't. I could see him winning a U.S. Open, uh, but it might be one of the other majors, uh, which I'd be fine with because it's still a major, so that's fine. That's <laughs> a not. That's a non-issue. Joaquin, even, I like that pick. I like that pick a lot. A little bit of a sleeper. Got. He's been right doing on. well, but their fields haven't been too great, so I'll take him. True. True. Uh, moving on to the next one. Uh, could you focus playing golf in Hawaii? Uh, the first weekend of golf, the Century Tournament Champions, also in Hawaii, as well as the Sony Open. Uh, for me, no. I would absolutely not be able to focus. It's too beautiful in that state to not like look around and just like, take in where you are. I don't know if I'd, like, I'd be honed in on golf probably maybe after the fifth hole. But man, one to five, I would just be like, wow, this is golf in Hawaii. This is incredible. I'm not focusing at all. I'm not, I can't hit anything. I'm going to purposely hit my ball into the water so that I can go swimming. Just to um, see it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was listening to the coverage this weekend. I think they were talking, I think they were talking about Phil. I'm not a hundred percent sure, Let me. Um, but they were asking, uh, they were talking to him about playing golf in Hawaii. And apparently if I hope I have this right, I hope I have it right as Phil. But apparently he played one year in Hawaii and then never again because he said he couldn't focus on golf. All he could focus on was how he could be out there surfing and swimming and whatnot. Yeah. And that's where this question came from because I would be the exact same way. I, I would absolutely love to golf in Hawaii, right. but I can guarantee that I would shoot a 120 or worse if I was golfing in Hawaii. Oh, absolutely. I would also, not be able to focus at, at whatsoever. The courses have got to be incredibly difficult anyways. I mean, yeah. th there's just no shot that they're not. Uh, with the well, last weekend with the wind, yeah, the that's wind in general, like windy man. Uh, this weekend I, wasn't as bad with the wind, but if I have that kind of wind while I'm out there, game over. The wind today was ridiculous, and we were just in suburban Pennsylvania, so that's <laughs> I could only imagine with the with the ocean front how that wind would be. I mean, that's just wild, especially with the ocean side courses. You're, I'm hitting into water almost every other shot, probably. So no, I probably wouldn't be able to focus. Uh, I'd probably at some point reel it in and get that in there uh but man would it be gorgeous to play in hawaii no question about it would that be distracting just the views alone also we'd be giving you guys as much golf content as we could because of how gorgeous it would be so hey I, if you I guys try my best 
if you guys want to want to pull together a, a GoFundMe page to send me and Rick to Hawaii, that'd be great. Thank you very much. <laughs> Please and thank you. <laughs> All right, moving on to some more random stuff. We have another question from the from the listeners. Uh, this one from John Murray. Uh, future questions to ask. Way to go, Brian. Way to copy and paste that one. Yeah, nice it, job. That was it's, good podcast. Yeah, that was God, I'm really good at this, aren't I? <laughs> it's almost like I have two of these bad boys. It's fine. Um, scariest shot to hit during a round of golf. And who is the best personality on tour? We'll get into that question next. But scariest shot in golf. Uh, Rick, go right ahead. I think you kind of alluded to this one earlier. Yeah, no question about it. It's any shot that's within 10 to 20 feet of the green, but you're not quite on the green yet, like right on the fairway there. I would rather be buried in a bunker and be able to see like like half my ball than hit one of those shots because I guarantee you it's going directly over the other side of the green if I have to hit one. Yeah, you I, touch is not your your specialty. Putting, I'm good. I'm good with the putting, touch on fine. putting. Yeah, putting, putting I'm good with the touch on, but I I can't for I just don't know what it is, but I can't figure out how to hit any of my clubs less than a hundred percent. If I, oh, if, yeah. I, if I'm at a distance where I need to hit a club like 95, 90%, it's not happening. I'm just going to hit it a hundred and then I'm going to have to play it back. It's and then I'm going to have to figure out how to, how to go from there. We're just That's scrambling off. Yeah. It's fine. Uh, for me, I'm going to say it's a, it's a fairway wood. I don't, I just can't figure out how to hit those damn things. Uh, I'm always chunking it or I'm always topping it. Uh, sometimes it'll be perfect. And I'll be like, yeah, I figured it out. You didn't figure it out. That didn't happen. Don't lie to yourself. I got a little pro uh, tip for you on that one. Oh, pro want. tip. I like it. Give yeah. me the pro tip. All right. Don't use fairway woods. Yeah, that's probably good. <laughs> I don't have, um, I, I have a three wood in my bag actually, but I never use it. It's, it's, it's there though <laughs> for, for when you're like, you want to know what, this is the time. And then you find this out it's the not time. the time. It's, it's going to happen. And then it's just, it's off to the right on another hole or in the woods, wherever it ends yeah, up. The thing is, is like my four iron can get a bit spray-y as well. Uh, usually better contact with the four iron because it is an iron and I don't really have too many issues with irons, but it can it can, it can get a little spray left and right a bit. Yeah. Um, but then moving into the second question he had, who is the best personality on tour? Now this one. It's not DJ. It's not <laughs> I wanted to say DJ though, just to be funny. Because it's kind of funny how he has no personality. Does that make him the best personality? I, I don't think so. I mean, best personality to follow for amusement, Bryson, hands down. Just for the amusement alone. I don't know if I consider that amusement or frustration. But it's amusing nonetheless. The man, the man frustrates me. He's a um, he's a content goldmine. He is. Yeah, he produces a lot of content. Um, I don't know if I would consider him the most interesting personality on tour, though. Not yeah, by that's true. not by any means. That's true. But oh, um, interesting. But I then then really I want to I kind of want to go with the happiest guy on tour. I want to say Victor Hovland. That he's just okay. Just that's such a, a happy thing. dude, and I just I just like Victor Hovland a lot. I, such a happy guy. That that is a good one, um, man. This is a stumper. I I don't even know right now. It's not Webb Simpson. He's another. He's another no. DJ. He's another uh, uh, personalityless guy. Maybe John um, Rom because how fiery he is. Nope. 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 I got it. 
I got oh. it. Best personality on tour. You ready for this? I'm so excited. My man, Harry Higgs. Harry Higgs, yes. Love that dude. Yes, that is so true, though. He's got I, quite the I, personality. I would, I would go, I would hang out with Harry Higgs. I would go get a beer with Harry Higgs, hands down. Yeah. I would absolutely that. go get a beer with Harry Higgs. There's not, not a question in my mind. We could be, we could be best friends. We could I'm, be, I'm we could be good buddies with Harry Higgs. That'd I'm be a great time. That. For uh, <laughs> if any if any of you want to just send him our way, if you know him, that'd be great. Because I you could just like put that with the GoFundMe. We'll go yeah. we'll go play golf with Harry Higgs in Hawaii. In Hawaii, yeah. Just throw that in the GoFundMe uh, so that you guys are totally gonna put together for us. Thank you. I so don't much. know if we come back. I don't know if we come back either. <laughs> Do we just like become best friends with Harry Higgs and then he's like, "You want to live here with me?" And we're like, "Yeah." Like, what are the odds? <laughs> I mean, Probably am I gonna say yes? <laughs> Probably. Am I gonna? <laughs> are we gonna be calling our girlfriends and go? Hey, so got some news. Uh, super exciting. You're going to love it. Um, you Good get, news, bad news. What do you want first? Because <laughs> they're the same. So it, it's one news, just good and bad, depending on the... Take it. Take it how you want. <laughs> what angle do you want me to go for here? Because we're looking for the best one. Good news <laughs> is I will eventually get used to playing golf in Hawaii and not get distracted <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be great it's gonna be great uh that thank is, you is, i'm not coming back thank you to john murray for those questions uh moving on uh when you're having a good round do you think about it or do you try to force yourself to not think about it <laughs> i mean okay i don't know who said this question <laughs> but like it's late. My brain is is not super functional. Can you please read that again? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So when you're having a good round, okay. do you think about it or do you try to force yourself to not think about it? I try my best to not think about it. I find I find that um, when I use a score tracker app like 18 birdies, like we use, right? I find that then is the easiest for me to not think about it because I can put my score in, lock it, and leave it. Right. When we use a physical scorecard, it, it doesn't work for me because I can see what I got on the last few holes. I can see how bad I'm doing, how good I'm doing, and then that gets in my head. Whereas 18 birdies, when I track on that, it's like the hole's over. I'm on the next hole, which is how it should be. Like it, It's right. in the past. There's nothing you can do about it. So I think I definitely do better when I use that. Um, and I do try to force myself not to think about it because then I will definitely get in my head. No, I definitely see what you're saying. And I mean, me too, because I, I fall apart pretty easily. Uh, I'm, I, I'm about as, I'm about as frail as cornbread, but like poorly made <laughs> cornbread, like the flaky kind. Right. <laughs> you definitely didn't put enough moisture in it. Like if you take a bite and cough, it's a dust. That's how, that's how. Like our DM quickly. is like super dry. Exactly. Just super yeah. dry and dust. <laughs> exactly. Um, so for me, because today I was having a pretty good round towards the back nine. And then I went par. I went par on a par three, went into a par four, drove the ball beautifully down the fairway, shanked shot two into, into this side <laughs> to this side of a hill shanked that shot off a tree duffed a chip ended up doubling and at that point i'm like oh god oh god no 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 please please not now please not now but i feel like if i think about it in a mathematical sense where i'm looking at my goal is always to be under 20 over because that puts you at 90. That's always my goal is to be in the 90s. If less, that'd be cool. That's always my goal. It doesn't always pan out. 
Um, but if I know like, Hey, I can continue to make bogeys and reach that goal. That puts me at so much ease knowing that I can continue to make bogeys. And then if a par comes around, cool. I'm not one to birdie too often. I'm not very good at making birdies. Um, but if I can, if I can par every now and again, but just feel comfortable knowing I can continue to keep making bogeys, then I'm having a, a so much better time. If I start around like double, double, triple, I am so toast. Cause I'm like, I, I gotta make it up with like there. five pars. I do disagree there because if I start off around double, double, triple, it's over. I'm not coming back from it. <laughs> Let's just go enjoy the round. Okay. If I start off with like, if I start off like par bogey, par double, double, triple, then my rounds ruined because I started off really good and I just fell apart from there. So I do disagree with you there a little bit, but I understand where you're going from. I, I guess for I guess my problem is I keep trying to come back. I'm like I I I, I gotta make five pars if I'm gonna come if back eagle, to my goal here. If I eagle the next four <laughs> holes, then I'm back in the game. <laughs> if, if I if I eagle uh, 17, 15, I don't, I don't know. Uh, yeah. So maybe I should, should should just let the round be lost if it starts off that way. Just let it go. Where's uh, your, not, Where's your threshold? Like, where do you give up? Where do I give on, up? Like on your score. Like, where do you I give up on your score? Like, if you if you're shooting, you got you got a few bogeys, you got some doubles, maybe a triple in there because we're amateur golfers, so we shoot triples all the time. It, Where do you by, give up? By the time I give up is if I am plus 15 at the turn. Okay. If I'm plus 15 at the turn, I'm like, there's no shot. I'm only going plus five on the so back. You're making there's absolutely holes. no shot. Um, but that's just for my goal. That's kind of how I go into every round. The goal's the goal's 20 over. That's the goal because yeah. that puts me that puts me at 92. Um, so, and that's a score I'm so comfortable with. Yeah. Uh, not a problem. If I'm in the double digits, I'm happy. If I could avoid 97 and up, that'd be nice. Mm-hmm. But the, the goal is always 20 over for me. And I like that goal. Cause it, it, it kind of, it kind of calms me down in a sense where I'm like, look, I'm not going to be an incredible golfer. I mean, bogey golf is my golf. If I can excel at that. Great. That puts me in a good spot. I like, I like how I'm playing. I'm having a good time. Um, once I'm like 15 over at the turn is where I'm like, uh, fuck it. This, this round, this round's over. It, it's done. It's done. Um, so that, that's kind of where my threshold is. Where would yours be? See, for me, it's a little bit earlier because I'm not a huge score guy anyway. But if I start off around pretty bad and like by whole four or five, it's just not putting itself together. Like, I don't have, like, a score threshold necessarily, like, 15 over at the turn, whatever. It's more just, like, if I'm having a bad four or five holes at the beginning of a round and I don't feel like I – like, if my driver's off – if my driver's off, the round's over. If I can't hit right, my driver yeah. straight. Because that's, that's like, half of how I do anything because I get myself in the range of my six to my eight iron, which are kind of, like, where, I, where I'm, I'm good. Um, you're most comfortable. Then, then, it, then it's done. So it, but I every, think it everything that, is in but... your six iron range though. So like, I don't <laughs> define your six iron range because it's anything. Exactly. So like basically if I can get it within like two, two twenty, then we're fine. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and then if you need to cover three eighty five, just pull out the five wood and pull you're out my, good my to trusty go. five. And you're my good to go. Wood. And you're, you're good. I mean, cause you also, you also probably hit your, your 53 degree, what five, 500 yards probably. Yeah. Yeah. It's something around there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah par five and one with a wedge it's it, yeah, it's what he does player. it's what he does he's the man and come on another day in the office I mean. just another day in the office yeah. the um and then final topic this is 
so not golf related, but I saw something egregious happen today. Just something <laughs> absolutely bananas. Uh, so I was at the local Wawa for you listeners who aren't in Pennsylvania. That's your gas station slash sandwich joint uh, here in Pennsylvania. So great mac and cheese, fantastic mac and cheese, uh, pretty much great everything. Um, also, I'm going to start this controversy. Um, Sheet sucks. Argue <laughs> with me if you want. Um, <laughs> I, so we were leaving. It was my post round meal. We were leaving and there was a guy in his truck eating a hot dog and I'm and eating a hot dog. That's fine. You eat a hot dog in your own time. I'm not going to judge you. You do that. Nothing However, that. he created a warp in the time space continuum by removing said hot dog from its selected transportation vessel known as a bun and was eating it bunless. And you knew it had a bun at one point because the bread residue was on the hot dog. Because they don't sell just the hot dog. <laughs> they don't just sell the wiener. No, no, no. They put it in a bun like normal people. <laughs> and it was the most baffling thing. If you do that in the private of your own home, you do that. That's on you. You live your life. I'm not going to judge you. If When you take that to the outside world and have me view it with my optic stems, I am immediately uncomfortable and assuming you have a family of four in your basement <laughs> because you have violated the sanctity of a hot dog in public. You've just, you've just removed it and it's a problem. So here's a question for you. Are you a bun or no bun kind of guy? Well, that's that's actually in relation to my question. Right on. Which is worse, taking it out of the bun and eating it, or eating it from a hamburger bun? Oh God! Because you've I opened up a whole that. new can of worms. There. I'm just I'm just saying, like it it could it be worse? I personally think that eating it out of a hamburger bun is worse than. No, I don't think it's worse. Here's the, here's the, here's why. Because your hamburger buns and your hot dog buns, depending on where you're buying them from, unless you're like a very bougie Potato individual. Rolls. It, yeah, potato rolls should be your first go-to there. Um, it They're usually made of the same bread material. Okay, that's So fair. if you got like a real hankering for a hot dog, like you just, you have to have a hot dog right now and it's the only thing that matters, but your only option for bun is a hamburger roll. As long as you're not going to do it in front of people, do you, boo-boo. I'm not going to judge. I've done it before. I've eaten a hot dog and a hamburger roll because it's all I had. However, I don't think it's worse than taking it completely out and just eating it hot dog alone. I just, how much of the hot dog did he eat at once? He was going like, I'd say he probably had three bites and it was gone. It was good. It was gone. And a normal size hot dog for three bites. It wasn't normal size. It was like one of them jumbo dogs. One of them thick boys. Okay. Yeah, them thick boys. Okay, I was gonna say like a normal size hot dog, three bites, not bad. Maybe. Do you see a little why bit I'm disturbed? Food. Do you yeah, see no, why that, this is disturbing? Yeah. I, so Ralph Lauren, please don't drop us as a sponsor. Um, please, but please. it's a little disturbing. <laughs> it's a little disturbing. <laughs> it's one of those things where it's like, why, why do that outside? Why? Yeah. I do that I in know. the sanctity of your own home, please, for the love of everything holy. Just, what would you have done if he had a fork? If he just like forked it and then that'd be even more disturbing. If he just went <laughs> fork, no bun was just forking out a hot dog of that size. And he didn't eat bites. the bun at all. Like he didn't even go back for the bun. I didn't even see him touch the bun. Hmm. 
the bun was gently placed back in the plastic casing that the hot dog came from. Interesting. You know he's throwing that bun out. That's just a waste of a good bun. Why did the good pe- Why did the good people of Wawa waste their time putting that hot dog in a bun for you to just ruin it? Such a disturbing I know, thing. Man. I don't know, man. Ugh, I, I don't know how long it's going to take me to recover from this. I'm not going to lie to you. I just, <laughs> does, does anybody have a weirder Wawa experience? Anyone listening right now, if you have a weirder Wawa experience than Brian watching a guy eat a hot dog with no bun, let send us know. it to us. Any send, gas yeah. station experience, whatever you witnessed. Yeah, even if it's like a golf, like something like crazy, like not a Wawa, not a Sheets, like because sometimes those are better. Solid, solid, solid use of the gas station right there. Yeah, you like that? Yeah, that was good. That was good. <laughs> that was real good. You nailed that one. I'm an, I'm incredibly impressed. That way, <laughs> that was that was nice. I like that. Uh, unless you got anything else, my man, that that that'll conclude it for episode two. Yeah, just keep an eye out on the socials. We got some stuff coming up in the yes. uh, coming coming days slash weeks. Uh, um, very exciting stuff going to be moving forward. Yeah, uh, we're super excited to drop that. Looking to keep growing. Um, if you know anyone who hasn't listened to us yet and you think they would enjoy us, go ahead, uh, drop a mention. Just Let them know just, that we're doing things. Just spam their text messages. Be like, this is the greatest podcast I've ever listened to. Just be like, hey, uh, look at these two idiots. They like to talk about golf, and it's pretty awesome. Listen listen to these two schmucks talk about golf, like even a, though they suck at it. Like a, like an 8 out of 10 kind of kind of deal. 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. 10 and a half out of 10. Most of the people that listen to our podcast are a 10 out of 10. Yes. You're you're <laughs> all gorgeous human beings and we love you all. Um, that will do it for episode two of From the Tips. Rick, obviously, thank you for joining me. We will be back next week. Stay tuned to the socials. We got some exciting stuff coming up in the future. Thank you to our production staff at Southside Productions. And thank you, listener, for letting us into your little world and letting us intrude ourselves with golf into your little bubble. Thank you so much, everybody. Enjoy Popcorn Day, everybody. Everybody love Popcorn and Cheese Day. Get excited about it. We love cheese here.